In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents... A lot of them aren't even pretending to be in charge. Slow the testing down. Remove him from office. Cast a vote that will make you proud. The Betches Sup Podcast. Will you shut up, man? Hello and welcome to the Betches Sup Podcast. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Brian Russell-Smith. I'm Sammy Sage. And the Betches Up Podcast is your daily rundown of all the craziest shit going on in the news brought to you by your three funniest, well-informed friends. Which is us. Which is us. Which is us. <laughs> Happy Monday, everybody. Happy Monday. I'm feeling okay. How are you guys yeah, feeling? I'm feeling okay. I Brian, feel okay I too. think you wanted to start the show with a particular grievance I want to oh, make sure I, I get have, to. Yeah, I have a grievance. Uh, so on Friday, the um, movie adaptation of the Broadway musical, The Prom, hit Netflix. I watched that last night. I, I didn't watch it. Yet. It was like, I didn't need it to be anything amazing. I just needed like, I just, anything that can, isn't bad enough to like distract me. <laughs> like that is so bad. Like I, any distraction is great right now. Agreed. However, I did have a grievance and I think people have been talking about this and I've been seeing it. And there's this discussion outside of just the prom about, you know, casting LGBTQ people as lgbtq characters and i think it's fine like non-lgbtq characters as lgbtq characters i think it can be fine like i i like on a grand scheme i think it can be fine however in this particular instance i'll tell you why i think it can be fine in a second is james corden in the prom is not a great casting choice on part of ryan murphy and netflix just because He's playing a gay man, but on top of playing a gay man, he's playing a stereotypical gay man. He is doing gay stereotypes. And that is the problem. And his if performance w- or is the character kind the of ca- a little bit over the, the top? The character is over the top and Both, has yeah. flamboyant tendencies. And he's saying things that are like stereotypical, the way he like holds his hands. Um, as I'm saying this, I'm like doing so many hand gestures. <laughs> <laughs> But like, so that's the issue. It's like, had James Corden been James Corden and not try and be this stereotypical gay man, it wouldn't have been as offensive to me. And also, could he not, like, Broadway is full of amazing gay actors and singers. Just hire a fucking gay actor to play a gay actor and singer at that point, you know, like. It's crazy. Right. It's also like the, the the movie had enough star power that like I don't know that like James Corden was like a necessary like it's not like he was le- you know the leading yeah. man. Like it's like you have Meryl Streep and Nicole Kidman. People you don't are need watch. a James Corden. Yeah. I don't like, think I don't think they went to Meryl Streep and was like, "Well, James Corden's attached." And she was yeah. like, "Well, then." <laughs> and and it's like just get someone who's good. Like Andrew Rannells is right there. You know, like yeah. get another one, get another someone just as good as Andrew Rannells. That's such a good point. It's like you said that sometimes you think it's fine to have non LGBTQ characters play them, but in this case, it was just like not a good 
casting choice yeah, at all. Because there was no like, oh, I can see why they wanted James Corden for that. Because, you know, it's it's the it's the flip side, too, of it. It's like, so does that mean LGBTQ people shouldn't be able to play straight characters? Of course they should. You which know? they have, like they and, do all the time. But not nearly as often as the other way around, I guess, which is part right, of the issue. But like, it's so that's that's also something. But like, I mean, I would want the option. I almost you know? feel like they cast James Corden as like for aesthetic reasons. Like they wanted that character to look a certain way. They wanted him to look like James Corden. And they were mm-hmm. like, they didn't think really much beyond that. Yeah, I don't know. I felt like they could have, yeah. they really could have missed opportunity. I think that there are, I get aggravated when it's like a weird, like nativist thing, but when they always cast British actors to play like quintessentially American roles now. Mm-hmm. Brits win all of our Oscars. They play <laughs> all of our leads. Like the most quintessential, look at a movie. Now I'm thinking I can't name them, but like the, if there's any big movie about like a quintessential American story, it's always um, a British person RBG. playing them. RBG. It, yes. Felicity RBG. Jones. Miss America was like half British people. Yeah. So They're true. always almost exclusively. Succession is almost entirely British people and they're playing like an American sort of dynasty situation and none mm-hmm. of them are American. You're naming Based a lot of, of things I really family. like though. I know. I really like them all and I think honestly it's probably because they're better actors and maybe they do something with the performance since they don't have like, I don't know, an attachment to it but it's there's also maybe like, there's like a smaller pool out of the UK. Like if you make it in the UK it might be a little bit easier than in, in LA, maybe. I don't know. For sure, for sure. Yeah. What if like Nicole Kidman just really wasn't talented? She's just from Australia. Yeah. <laughs> There's just a small pool. <laughs> <sighs> so we can do more fun chatter like this in some episodes coming up because we are doing another QA episode. We did this over the holidays. I think was it over the holidays or was it something else? Oh my God. The year went by really fast. I don't remember anything. I think I, I think, think there was, was like else. a a point in July where we were all like off. Oh, it was summer. That's it was right. just like a random thing that happened. Yeah, we needed a summer buffer. Turns out when you do a daily podcast, you got to have podcasts every day and we would never leave you guys <laughs> hanging. Um, also, I don't think Caitlin could join us for that last one, but she's going to be in this one. So we will be doing a Q&A episode, possibly a number of episodes to release sometime over the holidays. Please, over the next few days, send in your questions. This time, send them to suppod at betches.com, S-U-P-P-O-D at betches.com. You can also DM them to the sup, and I will do my best to read them there, but I will certainly read them if they're at that email. Um, this goes best if you address your question to a particular host, but you can also just keep it open and we'll figure out how to answer them. But if you do, feel free to address them to particular hosts. You don't have to post a question to all of us. Whatever you're curious about, they can be personal questions, um, questions about how we came to have certain opinions, or we got a lot of questions last time about talking to your family about uh, politics when that is difficult for you. And we want to answer that this time because I mean, it's going to be a little easier for me this time. I mean, I'm not seeing any family, but we're in a yeah. better place than last yeah. time. I mean, it depends on, on their views on science. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Oh, yeah. We're going to have to plan out like what to say to your anti-vaxxer relatives. Yeah. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift, because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click 
gift mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com, and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And gift mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. Speaking of vaccination, vaccination has begun. Crazy. Following emergency FDA approval, thousands of doses of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine are being sent to hundreds of sites across the country as we speak. Over the weekend, we saw caravans of freezer trucks depart facilities. It felt very cinematic watching all of this happen lead up to today. And moments ago, healthcare workers became some of the first Americans to receive the dose of the vaccine 11 months after the first recorded case in the country. I got very emotional watching that first shot. I was like, oh, I'm really... This is really hitting me. Mm -hmm. It felt like that. I mean, we've all seen Contagion. (laughs) Like we've been waiting for this part of the movie for so long. It's unbelievable. I get chills every time. I felt like watching a man land on the moon, which I wouldn't Uh know what that felt like, but I assume. (laughs) Well, I've like I I immediately heard the I heard like um music when I saw the trucks. I was like, do 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 do. Like yeah, yeah. This whole weekend, I was just watching like shipments, I know. <laughs> yeah. and, and like watching all the vials like being collected on a conveyor belt. I'm like, okay, you can totally the happening. montage. It's in like a movie when it's all happening. It's like, oh, it's happening. It's happening. It feels so, like right. a slow motion montage moment for sure. Yeah. It's like I mean, I'm really just gonna watch these vials like all go next to each other again. <laughs> or we know, could do. I'm- 
we could do a montage to um that song that that song that goes shot 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 <laughs> everybody ever just you like must. vaccinations oh my gosh oh, that's <laughs> definitely gonna be can we make, in the can yeah. we make like a montage of that now like if it is happening today like it we did have yeah. our first one Definitely the first time people gather in the clubs. That's good. That song's going to yeah. come right back. It's going to be the first on Spotify suddenly. Mm-hmm. When do you, so, I mean, people go to clubs now, but like, when do you think the first like club that you'd go to is going to be? Maybe like fall 2021. I mean, maybe over the summer, maybe like, maybe, uh, maybe there'll be some like outdoor settings that will be safe. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. We've been, we, we were thinking that like, there probably won't be an organized pride situation, but June seems like a good time where maybe there'll be like, sp- it'll just be spontaneous pride right. celebrations everywhere. Cause people are so vaccinated and we can be outside. Mm-hmm. Also, if like cases are lower because more people have been vaccinated and maybe because Biden has put in some actual regulations <laughs> in place, maybe mm-hmm. um, like it might just be that even if you like, you aren't vaccinated, it might be okay. Like how people in Taiwan are like living life, even though they don't have a vaccine yet. And there's yeah. like no local spread. So more on the vaccine rollout. The CDC has recommended, as we've said, that healthcare workers and residents and long-term care get priority. For context, what does that actually mean? There are approximately 21 million healthcare workers in this country and about 3 million long-term care residents. But states do decide how to prioritize. That is just the CDC's recommendation. A lot of what I was reading today um, looks like healthcare workers are really first in line. They're getting vaccinated. Hospitals have been working at this for weeks to they're ready. They have their freezers ready. Um, but a majority as, of Americans, as we mentioned, might not be inoculated until late spring. And it's around that point health experts hope that we achieve herd immunity. That would require about 70% of us to be immunized. Wow. Does that also include people who just have the antibodies from getting it? Yeah. That's right. um, I think so. I mean, 70% of us, I wrote immunized. So I guess, can you be immunized but with immunity? I guess you are, but it has to be people who had it fairly recently that they haven't lost them. Right. And also the vaccine just protects against disease. They're still trying to figure out if asymptomatic spread can happen when you're vaccinated, but obviously it's the COVID-19 disease and the sickness that is killing people. And that is the most dangerous. Right. Mm -hmm. So this vaccine comes as two Americans die every minute of COVID-19. More than 30,000 Americans died due to coronavirus in the first 13 days of the month, so just up until yesterday. That puts the country's death toll at 300,000 as on Sunday night, with more than 16.2 million reported cases. What does it feel like? I'm having a lot of weird dissonance, like celebrating this vaccine coming during what is the most devastating stage of the pandemic. I think that I always assumed when we heard about the vaccine, we heard things will get better and better and better. And then eventually we'll have the vaccine and that will be the final stage when we can go back to full normalcy. I never imagined that we would be in a situation that is so devastating and deadly and dire that the vaccine is coming, hopefully to sort of mitigate that. It was always presented to us as sort of this sequence of events and the vaccine would be the final one, but we're in this really weird space. Well, that's because I'm sure when people were predicting how it would play out, the one factor that I think I think was misaccounted for in all of everyone's predictions was that the Trump administration would actually actively try to work against 
the benefit of the country. So that was no one like is counting like, oh, well, what do we do if the Trump administration actually tries to hamper the response? Right. And I yeah. think that that's what causes the dissonance is that like is that the people who are responsible for keeping us safe pre-vaccine and before people could get it, that is a totally different matter than mm-hmm. the people who are working to make the vaccine happen. So you have like one force that's trying to make things worse and then the people working towards the vac- getting the vaccine, but ultimately until it's in people's bodies, it doesn't actually do much, but this is just part of the process. So it's a dialectical matter. Yeah, I wonder if they also were able to like take into account this idea of, you know, COVID fatigue, whereas people like, I don't know if we predicted how tired of this we would all be and how little, how, how much more people would let slide in terms of their social distancing and mask wearing, because I think that that's a big play happening right now. I mean, if if you look at think what what's happened, we were on a surge before Thanksgiving. There was a surge on top of a surge that we are experiencing right now because of Thanksgiving. Christmas is coming up, New Year's is coming up, and I know people like I had to. T- I told my family this past weekend that I'm not coming for Christmas. Like that's it is what it is, and you know people. Some people were upset, and it's like, and I'm like, I don't. It is what it is, you know. If you aren't taking the precautions right now, you are not being safe for Christmas. You know, right, like if you, you have to be quarantining now. Yeah. You have to you have had to have started quarantining by like Friday. And if if and and if you are planning on meeting with people, you can't tell yourself that you're being safe and you can't say you're being safe to other people unless you have taken those steps now. So right. you can still do it and you probably will, but you can't tell yourself that you're being safe. No. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. That is the biggest thing. Is that like people just say if People are like, if I use the word safe to describe my activities, then that means that it was safe. It's like, no, at this point, it is so easy to get COVID that like yeah, walking into it's, a store, mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe, you, but let's say you're, maybe yeah, that is safe. Maybe you can walk into a store for five minutes with masks and that could be fine. But if you are out of respect to someone who you might be seeing that might have preconditions, like maybe that is not okay. Yeah. Exactly. Oh. I Everyone mean, needs a ledger yeah. in their head and to acknowledge when they are doing something risky. Like we're at the point in the pandemic where we're not about, we all need breaks from things. We all have to do things that maybe are ideal. Like I, I've been using my gym in my building about once a week, obviously masked. It's theoretically safe. I'm following the rules, but I count that as sort of like, like that was my risky risk. thing. And I'm not going to do something else risky that like, I, I would never, I haven't eaten inside restaurants because I go to the indoor gym once a week. So that, to me, that's better than lying to yourself about being like, well, the gym was safe and indoor dining safe. Yeah. It's like, no, you're you're racking up these risky things. And we all have our own probability game. And it's okay to like let up sometimes, but you have yeah. to be real with yourself about it. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's like you were saying, it's everywhere right now. And we were on this past Friday, uh, Antonio and I, we were going to go or we went to Diker Heights, which is where they have all of these like Christmas lights. And we're going to like walk around the neighborhood outside mask. And we were going to go with a friend Thursday evening. The friend texted me, texted us. He's like, you know, I just took my temperature because I take my temperature every day and it's 99.7. I don't have any symptoms or feel weird, but I'm just going to go get tested tomorrow just in case, a rapid test. And we were all going to hang out and go. And then he got goes and gets a rapid test and he had COVID. And he wow. took his temperature like the next morning and didn't have a fever. So like, you really don't know. Like we could, we would have spent, like we would have been outside wearing masks, but we would have mm-hmm. been together for like an hour, probably getting outdoor dinner afterwards. You know, like- and we would have been exposed after that. You just really never know. 
Right. I think that the fatigue, I really feel that the fatigue is part of the, the factor of like how the administration has handled it. Because first of all, the, a lot of times the regulations like about safety are very unclear and make no sense. So people think they're being safe when they're not actually being safe. The other piece is that like, had there been some sort of campaign that was like, we're all in this together, like, you know, some, some sort of respect for the people we had lost, maybe like a periodic moment of silence. Like maybe there's a, some sort of campaign that makes people feel like they're doing the right thing by staying home. Maybe had people been paid to stay home. Like, I think that the fatigue didn't have to be as bad as it is. Mm -hmm. Had there not been like a fight, like had it not been a situation where people have to fight with their relatives over whether they're wearing a mask because there's unclear guidance about whether masks are actually good or bad. Yeah, there's this really, um, really great ad they run in Germany. That's this like old man with a really gravelly voice speaking in German, reflecting on this time in the 20th or in the 21st century when his generation really had to like save, save the country and the nation and be patriotic and had to make a huge sacrifice. And then it's like a, and it's just like a 20 year old on the couch eating popcorn, drinking a beer. And the joke is that this is as you will save as many lives. It's hard to make that psychic connection, but like, really, Mm -hmm. this is, this is. Like you're saying, Sammy, give, make it like, I don't want to say a point of pride, but like if you, if we had told people like 2020 is going to be a year for America, like 1945 and 1968, and it ended up being that way anyway, but maybe had you told us that in March, we would have been like, oh shit. All right. Well, I got to be part of that. And I want to be part of I mean, the it, American generation that got us through that. And, and the truth is not everybody could stay home. Obviously that's not the, the situation, but when you have when you see like, let's say you see these huge influencers who are like, who went to parties and they eat, they dine indoors. Like, had you kind of gotten those people, like, I'm sure you, you know, kind of the types of people who I'm thinking of. If you had gotten those people who have so much influence on young people who spread, who are obviously responsible for a great deal of asymptomatic spread. If you gotten those people who can stay home because it doesn't affect their livelihood really to influence kind of our population to stay home yeah. that mm-hmm. would have made a huge dent like for the people who are lucky enough to be able to stay home like make it a thing for them people like the name with the last name that rhymes with smardashian yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. them t- yeah. i mean i was even thinking like more regular humans yeah like, yeah 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 you know <laughs> people who are totally like, not, yeah yeah, yeah, make it cool, fun, and cozy to stay inside I mean, if you have yeah. that privilege anyway. Yeah. And it's hard because it's hard because people don't see the reward of staying home. You know, the reward is you may not have just gotten someone who's sick and may have died. You yeah. know what and I mean? And I do like, think, yeah. And, and if, <gasps> in like past tenses, you know, of situations, you're like, oh, I'm I'm doing this for the benefit of you're doing an action. The action is to do nothing. You and know? that's what the government could have done, I think, is raise the stakes and say, no, the reward is that you were part of this. You were part of stopping mm. something. It was terrible. It ended up being terrible. It will be more terrible. It was always going to be terrible. But we could have probably, as Sammy always says, had the government did literally anything, any coordinated response could have saved hundreds of thousands of lives. Also, like, I know we're talking about saving other people right now. Where does it come? What about saving yourself? I know. What about the fact that like people have these long term 
repercussions from getting COVID. I don't know why everyone's like assuming they're going to be fine. Like for me, I'm like, oh, I'm fully, I'm, I would assume that I would be the one who would have these long-term repercussions. I assume I that say too. This, yeah. I say this that's to Avi all the time. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, that's obviously on brand for us, but yeah. <laughs> I say this to Avi all the time too. Who's like generally like the person who is probably like, oh, I'll go outside, but I'm wearing a mask. And when, whenever he wants to do something, that's like a little, like, I'm like, no, I'm like, why do you want to put, why do you want to potentially ruin the rest of your life? Like mm -hmm. you can just, <laughs> You like why? Like why do you want to yeah. put yourself at risk? Or my life? Yeah. You know? <laughs> but, even, but even like for him, I'm like, okay, you like to run triathlons. Why do you want to put yourself at risk that you won't be able to do that for the rest of your life? Because you wanted to like, I don't know, like nachos. Yeah, go to go to dinner with somebody who outdoors. Like that, to me, that sounds like an excuse not to do triathlons. But <laughs> fair enough, Abby. Okay, but <laughs> we're talking someone who wants to do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, so many miss, so many missed messaging opportunities. Um, I mean, next pandemic. I mean, this is we're all gonna be so traumatized. I'm never throwing these masks away ever. See, my grandchildren wearing, we find these masks. Oh, I'm gonna see, like, wear I them on a plane without right, a mask. No, right, I'm gonna wear gonna them in the thing, subway right? in the winter, every winter, especially. Maybe not in the summer, but like I like. Oh, I don't want to get the flu. the flu. I don't want it. We like, should all be protecting each other from the flu all the time, forever. Yeah. Now that I know how much like air droplets between yes. humans i'm like i'm not going near anyone ever again. i know I that know. was traumatizing <laughs> sammy mm -hmm. if you guys didn't see sammy sent along i think it's the washington post has like these military ca video cameras to show um like what's coming out of your nose and mouth we're literally virus dragons around each other all the yes. time it Ew. was disgusting something <laughs> virus dragons it's <laughs> gross <laughs> It's gross. I open the windows like all the time now. Like me too. We just, we just well, a lot of, we got a really good response, Sammy, when we mentioned when we you conceptualized the weed pen rule, which is yeah. that if you smoke a vape pen and you feel like you you're not in a private enough space because people will see the little wispies, then you you could get COVID in that room. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's really get the best way there. to visualize it. Would you <laughs> would you be feel comfortable taking a hit of of weed in here, or or do you think everyone would smell it jewel. and see it? Or, or your right, yeah, your vaporized herbs of choice. Also, today the Electoral College will meet to cast its 538 votes for the next president. Electors of each state will gather in their state capitals to cast votes for the winner of their state's popular vote. What a concept. So electors are going to meet throughout the day. Uh, California is expected to tip the presidency in Joe Biden's favor around 5 p.m. for like the 6700th time. After they vote, they send a certificate to the vice president along with their certified election results. And then those votes are counted before Congress on January 6th. And then the next stage after that is the inauguration. This comes after the Supreme Court on Friday declined to hear Texas Attorney General Kim Paxton's plea to challenge the vote counts in other states. The court said that Texas lacked the legal right to litigate over how other states conduct their elections. This prompted Trump supporting Republicans to suggest seceding from the United States. Uh, a well, small group of them, I but... But still, bye. Yeah, I know. Bye. Have yeah, fun. Seriously. This came loudest from Texas GOP Chairman Alan West, who said that law-abiding states should form a union. And there were a number of GOP reps who spoke out against that, but the bar is quite low. Diamond and Silk called for the military to intervene. Similar sentiments circled around Parler. What I'm trying to say is after the Supreme Court case down came down, that was clearly a signal to them that this was a that any legal path to the presidency was over. 
it's interesting how four years ago, like like they're gonna call they're gonna call cast like the count the votes from the electors. It was Joe Biden counting them. And now it's gonna be Mike Pence counting them for Joe Biden. It's just like kind of like it is fun. a nice circle. It was the same people. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. I know. It is yeah. True. And I, yeah. I'm reading Obama's book still because it's 700 pages and it's just like uh, the world I'm looking at is all the same people. Yeah. It's all the same people. How do we got some int- new people? We got some new people. I mean, some new people. <laughs> fresh blood. Yep. Yeah. Two, two years, the next two years and then the next four years, hopefully. Oh my God. Yeah. So these sentiments took a pretty dark turn on the streets of Washington, D.C. on Saturday night. President Trump supporters arrived in the nation's capital for a Stop the Steal protest that soon turned violent when joined by far-right groups like the Proud Boys. They attempted to storm Black Lives Matter Plaza. They had their own march they called like a Jericho march, which was a biblical reference. Two historic Black churches in downtown D.C. were vandalized. Interesting way to to show your, your faith for biblical references by vandalizing two historic Black churches in one video, so there are videos of these events, mainly from a group of protesters, which look to be Proud Boys, taking Black Lives Matter banners, Black Lives Matter banners from these churches. They took one from the Asbury United Methodist Church, and there's video showing them burning it while shouting, fuck Antifa. Another was torn from the Metropolitan African Methodist Episcopal Church, and these churches have a really rich history, civil rights history, so it's hard to believe they would have been chosen randomly. By the end of the night, 33 people had been arrested and four people were stabbed amid the unrest. Jeez. I mean, do you think this is going to be like the last time that this happens or is this the first time that this happened? There was this there was this video of these people chanting like, fuck the GOP. Like they want to tear down the GOP. And I'm sure that these Republicans are watching this shit and they're like, oh, fuck. Like, what are they like? Because like, so like, where do these people turn to next? Like, what is there? Like, is there is there like a new is there a new Republican Party that they're going to try and mobilize like a faction within it? Like, I think it would be seen based on what happens to Trump post White House and what he does which I'm sure we could guess what he'll do. Um, But I guess it kind of like depends on other factors at that point. Like, are there lawsuits? Mm -hmm. Is there any way to sort of like deflate him? Mm -hmm. So Sammy, it sounds like you think it's really like, but for Trump being like imprisoned or having something prohibitive for him running for president or something like that. Republicans will always tie themselves to his bandwagon because he has taken control of the party. I think like a large amount of them will. Um, But then it becomes like, but if they don't have any actual power, like who, who is leading, I guess is kind of the question. Is he leading from like, right. I think is he like going to be like an opposition leader? Right. It's, I think it's like, what did those 70 million people vote for? I think is what Republicans are trying Him. to figure out. And what they voted for exactly mm-hmm. is one man. So, like, I don't know. It could result in like a Don Jr. situation or an Ivanka situation trying. But I don't know if they have what he, what I, their father has. I think it's just going to be this ideal movement that multiple people will benefit off of. Like, there will be more podcast hosts like fucking... What the fuck is that guy's name? Uh, the Shapiro guy. And, and then Shapiro, there's like, yeah. there's the other one, like Charlie Kirk. And then there's the um, Milo. Alex Jones. Like 
they're going to be like, there's just going to be like, I think they've just expanded their, that, that whole movement and kind of like made it more like not, I don't want to say mainstream, but like they did. Pre- they did. And I think that like, I think we're going to see a lot more from that fucking like, you know, group of people like weighing into shit. And we're going to see the Republicans actually listening and like dictating their ideals yeah. and their next moves based off of this opinions of these fucking crazy people. And I and think those that's going to be. Those, yeah. Those leaders you just mentioned, they don't want, they're not like zealots. They're not, they don't want a movement. They want an audience. Yes. Like you they, said, they're and, capitalists. They want yeah. fucking money. They like, they don't give a yeah. shit. They, they, they will say whatever they have to say to these like assholes to like be like they're obama's a terrorist by the way give me 1099 to listen to my patreon like right i think it's like you have to think about it a little bit as like almost extra governmental like because what power does ted cruz really have like he only has power to listen that those people give him he doesn't have his mm-hmm. own power like he like no one's following ted cruz they're following the fact that he's listening to them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think we're about to see to see within the next five years, like a really major split because this isn't just happening on the right. Like that the right is being controlled by extreme white supremacy, Trumpism who are, they don't believe in democracy. Then you have like everybody else and you have a range from, you know, what were formerly rhinos to, like Bernie Sanders progressives. And that's not like a coalition that all is going to stay together either. So yeah, I do think, I do think that's also, but everyone on that side is pro democracy. Yes. Oh yeah. I think that's what we kind of came to the conclusion of with this past election is like, I think that we even saw like with during the primaries, like, you know, the democratic party like was like tearing at each other. Everyone was like freaking out. Like, Oh, the Democrats are going to bring each other down before they even get to Trump. And it was like, no, like the complete opposite happened. It's like, okay, Joe Biden won. And it basically, everyone pretty much was like, okay, well now this is obviously better than the alternative. Right. And came together. And I think I don't, I'm not too worried about like, yes, it's concerning. I'm more in like the next four years, two to four years about like turnout and stuff. I'm not really concerned about like a Bernie Sanders coalition, what like tearing down Hillary Clinton in 2016, like ever happening. I think we remember what happened. Right. Right. No, yeah. I don't. I'm not even worried about like the next election. I'm just talking more about like how people will be positioned and like, I don't know. Yeah. Who knows, yeah. But there's so many factors that can really drive and, you know, really yeah, like a fucking pandemic. Jesus. Yeah. Like, who, like, who could have predicted that a year ago? Right, Brian, <laughs> a, like a lot you. of people, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of scientists. It makes, but. <laughs> it makes me think about it makes me think about how a lot through this election we were hearing probably necessarily that Trump was the threat of a lifetime, a once in a lifetime threat that we he have is. to mobilize. I think he is, but I think he could come back around. And I think we could mobilize against him again. We this was not a close race. We won by a lot, but we're gonna have to keep that. And part of keeping that is working a little bit more on the messaging of the party that is not super unified on most things, except for democracy. Well, something yeah. that does make this scary, and Steve Schmidt did tweet this, that it's like everyone on our side, the democracy side, has to win every election forever. So it always has yeah. to be a winner from one of those factions. They have to win one election, and fascism is here. Like, oh my it God, will be. So that's what's kind of scary, is that like it's like that. It's like we will always have to unite around whoever is not that 
Mm-hmm. Even if it, I mean, it could be obviously, and that includes Republicans. Like there can be a Republican, yeah. like Steve Smith. Yeah, it includes like he will also have to get behind like, an like AOC it, before he gets behind Donald Trump Jr. Or, <laughs> like, yeah, like John McCain would not have like destroyed our institutions. Like it would have sucked, no. but he wouldn't right, have exactly. destroyed democracy. Right, which is like just such a different place to be in. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds like a perfect place to say until the end of democracy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but before that, one more time, uh, if you have questions for our Q and episode, Q and A episode, this you're recording. You're listening to our Monday recording, and we'll be recording that Wednesday. So get those in over the next two days at suppod at betches.com or DM the Betches Sup. Until the end of democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Brian Russell Smith. I'm Sammy Sage, and this is the Betches Sup podcast. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Amanda Duberman. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to sup at Betches.com. Betches.